From deep inside the Death Star, I'm Chad Beter. I'm Yvette Carreras. And I'm James Pinkerton. And welcome to Defrag Tools, the show that takes you inside Microsoft and inside Windows. Uh, we've got Yvette and James here this week. Uh, we're excited to have you guys from our debugging team, uh, debugging experiences team, I suppose mm -hmm. it's officially called, uh, showing us some really cool new, well, not all new, but new to the public. <laughs> new to the public. Features of the debugger, time travel debugging. Correct. Oh, super cool. Now this is something that has been internal at Microsoft for years now, and we used to yep. use it. Uh, sometimes we'd have uh, uh, customers send us a trace file, like we'd give them the tool, but then like, but like actually reading it was an internal super secret sauce thing. And now we're making that available. So uh, tell us about it. So wouldn't it be great if you could go back in time and solve your problems? So here, we can't help you go back and fix a personal problem, but with code, we have the ability to go back in time and help you fix code problems. So time travel debugging, or TTD, yeah. allows you to record an application or process, uh, take a trace file, and then be, have the ability to play that going forwards or backwards. Today's debuggers typically go forward only, so it allows you to stop at an event or piece of code and then go forward, where with debugging, we can go backwards in time so you get a lot more context and understand what happened to the problem, why it occurred, and it also allows you to replay that um, problem over and over again so you can really identify the best issue and the best fix for the problem. So essentially, this is a kind of re uh, recording the, the entire execution of a program Correct. for that duration. So much more than, you know, we talk a lot about ETW tracing and things like that where we can output traces, but mm -hmm. you know, that's a limited set of what's happening. Like this is the entire execution Correct. of the code on that process, right? Yeah, so I mean, we think about like, debugging has X number of problems. One of them being, it's time consuming. So the fact that we have a trace that has all the information like you pointed out, and then we use an index against that trace so we can quickly run queries, run additional utilities to streamline debugging. So we mm -hmm. make it easy for you to figure out what the problem is, mm -hmm. easy to figure out where to start to look at it. Okay. Um, also, you can take that uh, repro, you can share it with friends or coworkers. So once again, Debugging's kind of complex, so you may not be able to figure it out, but now you have a trace that has all the information to reproduce the bug in a single location. It's easy to share with coworkers, and as we mentioned, there's also some timestamp in there so I can help them say, this is about where we need to start, so they have a place to do their investigation. Awesome, well, let's take a look. So, here at Microsoft, we use TTD in just a couple different things. As you mentioned earlier, part of the escalation team with CSS. So we yeah. use uh, time travel debugging to take and capture traces from customers, whether it's an enterprise or a consumer customer, bring it in-house here at Microsoft where we can replay it and use all our resources mm -hmm. to really help find the solution faster, get it back into the hands of a customer a fix so that you can solve their problem. The nice thing about using the tracing and bringing it in-house is then we minimize the impact to the customer. Yeah. We're not asking them to stay on the phone with us for hours at a time, run a whole bunch of complex commands, and really it just allows us to take all the heavy lifting so we're not impacting the customer or their machines. Yeah, I found that uh, when I was working with customers a lot, the beautiful thing about this is if you can just get that one repro, that one yeah, trace that has yeah. the repro, especially if you're things that maybe take a while to repro or don't happen every time, but if, and you know, it can be really frustrating to debug those because you're like, oh, I went too far, oh, I missed that, you know, Correct. where the bug was, now, now I have to try to repro again. Yeah. But if I got that trace, 
go back in time, right? Yeah, and that's one Pull of the beauties is you go back in time, you can replay it. So if you're walking only forward only, you go past that point, you're like, oh, now yeah. I've got to reset my whole session back up. Yeah. And so developers use it in-house when we're also looking at unit tests. Why is this unit test continuing to fail? Mm. So instead of having to reset that up, reconfigure everything, get all of everything in place and run through it multiple times, now we can trace it once, have all the information so we can repro it just in a single time. And me being, you know, sometimes debugging. Debugging is kind of a, a, a for me, is, is a trial and error thing, too. So sometimes yeah. uh, it helps me to be able to debug that same, you know, error five times and go, oh, I missed this. Oh, I got to look at this instead. And yeah. Correct. So, I mean, there's a lot of awesomeness to time travel. So I really want to turn over to the brains of the operation. Nice. Who's going to help show us some of the goodness in action. Oh, great. All right, great. So let me show you how you can trace a program, load it into the debugger, and kind of, like you guys mentioned, go forwards, backwards, look at what the code is doing. Awesome. So first of all, I should mention that this is going to be easily integrated with WinDBG Next. And um, another part of the puzzle is you must run WinDBG elevated. Otherwise, uh. Uh, time travel debugging is not available. Okay. So the way it goes is you come here to files, and like in any other kind of debugging session you're going to do, you go to launch your process. I've already uh, written it into here. So I have this little uh, stack example that we're going to go through. Mm -hmm. And simply just check on the record process um, box. Now, know that this could improve. We're, we're making changes. So this interface will improve over time. Mm -hmm. um, and as you see here, we have the trace output directory. You could modify where this goes to or simply use our default location. Is there a concern of these traces getting really big? You have to have a lot of disk space? Correct. So it is possible, depending on what you're tracing, that this large this files could be very large mm -hmm. in the magnitude of, you know, 10, 20 gigabytes uh, mm -hmm. easily. So or not easily, but in large commercial software, you know, they tend to be much larger. Or if it's a really long trace. Right, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. So all right, so let's go ahead launch the process. Here you can see exactly what we're tracing, and you can stop and debug, or you can wait until your process finishes. Now, let me show you what has happened here. So, we have loaded the trace file from the process that got recorded. If you want to copy it or reference to it later, you'll see this is the exact trace file that we have loaded. Then we go ahead and we index the trace file. And this indexing process for us, what it means is that we can provide you with complete and fast memory lookups. So it's very important that this gets done and it will be automatically done for you whenever you load the trace file. So where are we now in this, this trace? So you've run a program and we've, we've broken in with the debugger. Uh, where in that execution are we? So this is exactly where your process started. As you can see, we're at the initialization of uh, the thread. Hmm. Um, these modules have been loaded in your process. So this is just as if you launched your process with WinDBG, but you have recorded it. So the process actually already finished and you're ready to play with it. Ah, okay. So, so it's already started and run its course, but it's all—it's like we've just sort of done an initial breakpoint on it, 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 as far as the debugger is concerned. Correct. Okay. So let's go ahead and do a typical, like, workflow for a debugger for a developer. So let's go ahead and set a breakpoint on a function that I know that I have interest on. So I have stack, and push. 
Let's make sure that, okay. Perfect, so what we're gonna do now is we're gonna go forwards in the execution of the process. And as you can see, we have hit the breakpoint. We're in this push function on our stack implementation. And let me scroll this back up. Um, you see we have hit the breakpoint zero, typical you know, debugging breakpoint. Yeah, it looks just like a regular debug of, an, of a program. Okay. So your stack is complete. Um, your variables are here. We can step over and you can look at how your um, locals are changing as your program is executing, right? Mm -hmm. And you can look at, you know, the current, um, here, let me step one more. You can look at, you know, the object, which is the stack. You have your head pointing to the right location, which is a value in memory. It's not just on the stack. And you have, um, you know, the other members of your function, of your object. Perfect. So, so, so far this looks just like I'm debugging an app like any other app, except that we know that we're actually debugging a trace of an app that already ran and finished. Exactly. Okay. okay. Uh, so you know for sure your repro is in here. Right. Um, so great. So now, um, uh, now I can go ahead and show you mm -hmm. this ability of time travel debugging. How right. do we go back? Yeah, right? that's the beautiful thing. Like uh, right. I'm, I'm not like Doc Brown or you know, Marty McFly here, but but you're saying this is time travel, so so you let's know, go let's, let's go time. back in time. Let's go back. Cue so. the guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> so in WindyBG Next, we've added this icons over here, and as you can see, they mirror our regular uh, forward execution controls. So we have step over back, step into back, which allows you to go backwards into a function that's about to um, to be cold or mm -hmm. that was just cold, mm -hmm. and you can go uh, run backwards. And if you don't know what they do as you're starting to get familiar with them, you can use um, our little you know, description of what they are, or okay. you can go to the link shown. So these are really the same as those ones in green over there, except Correct. you're going back in time instead of forward in time. So you'll still hit the same breakpoints yep. that you would hit earlier. Correct. Okay. Very cool. um, so let's go ahead and show so that you can look at our variables in our stack and see how things get updated as soon as we step. So we step back, now you know, this line, which is the highlighted, has not executed. So your depth is still it's zero. It's changed back to zero. Um, okay, yeah, we go, we keep going back. You'll see that the temp value will change. And at this point, temp is not even there, right? It hasn't been initialized. Exactly. Uh -huh. So this is how you can step back. Now, let me show you. Another interesting thing, because you don't want to be stepping through all the time. Yeah. Right? So what you typically do is you set a breakpoint sure. to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and disable this breakpoint I have here. And I'm going to try to show a bit more of, uh, actually, here. Let me go back. So just like in a live debugging process, you can switch which frame you're at. Sure, so I just okay. went to where, you know, our main, exactly. And so I'm going to come here, I'm going to set a breakpoint, and I'm going to execute forwards okay. until I get there. Because I'm interested on, let's say, debugging the last push I did to the stack. Mm -hmm. So now let's set a breakpoint. By the way, keep an eye on all the locals and the stacks are all updated every time you step. Right, 
So let's set a breakpoint and push. And now we're going to go backwards. Okay. Now, when you go backwards in execution, it's just like when you go forwards. So if there is an event that happens on the way, you will hit it before you hit your breakpoint, potentially. Well, what kind of events would you uh, hit when you're going backwards? Like so you could hit a hardware exception. Mm. There are other events you can set the debugger to break in. For example, uh, software exceptions or when a module is loaded or unloaded. Things like that that you manually set up in your debugger. Yeah, kind of that normal list that you have in the debugger of like exceptions and events. Right. So those okay. are also events that will be triggered if they happen before the breakpoint backwards. Okay. If that makes sense. Before the break. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're here and your breakpoint, if the event is in the middle, going back in time, then you'll, you'll hit that. Then you'll hit it first, even though it happened after. Right, right. But we're going right. backwards. <laughs> the baby of time travel. It's like, yeah. yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and go back, and here we are. We have hit push, and let's make sure that is the one we wanted. Yep, that is the push that was uh, last done. And when we step over here, we can see that we've inserted up until now nine elements in the list, and we can look at this particular insertion and see what went wrong, what were the values, mm -hmm. and how do we care, um, and, and you know what we want to see here. Now, another thing I should point out, um, memory values in locals are not just available in the view. On the windows, you can use DX, for example. All your regular commands. Correct. All your regular commands work because um, your memory values are there. This is as if you were debugging live, except it is a read-only debugging session. You oh, cannot, sure, yeah, I can't write to Yeah, memory. you cannot write to memory, right? Yeah, that would make sense, right? Um, so, so I showed you the breakpoint. I showed you going back. Mm -hmm. um, now, I see these time stamps that kind of show up here, time travel position. Yes. Uh, this and, uh, you know, th those... Uh, uh, can you jump around? And yeah, so mm -hmm. as you can see, they have a link. Mm -hmm. You can click on it, and it will travel to that location. And right. what does that mean? So this every time travel position is unique in your trace. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it identifies, or it's, it can identify a particular instruction that your program run, mm -hmm. uh, ran. So you can use it to navigate around. So let's say that you know I'm going on vacation, and yeah. I'm going to give you this assignment that I need to investigate this bug. I give you the trace file, I can point you at locations that I have identified already that are sort of like suspicious, like this could be where it's at. Right. Um, so then all you have to do is, well, this says what you would do if you click on it. Uh, you can travel, because you can go, let's say, go back at some other point in the trace. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going to give it to you, I can just copy it, I can close the debugger, and imagine that now you have the trace, you open WinDBG next, Mm -hmm. or preview. Um, you can come up here, and open the trace file. Mm -hmm. There's your trace. Right. And then the command to navigate the trace using this time travel position is bang, tt, and then the position. Oh, okay. And boom, we're right back at that same uh, uh, instruction in the code, uh, the same uh, line of source. Exactly. Uh, very cool. So, so this is very useful when you're uh, investigating things and you want to collaborate with other people. Another uh, cool feature that WinDBG has allowed us to do is like here in recent, uh, your trace files will become recent targets. So mm -hmm. you can always just go and open a previous, uh, it's loading, 
Okay. We can. Uh, so if you've been doing some debugging, you need to stop for whatever reason, go home, feed the cat, and then the you can one. come back the next day and write within your recents quickly get back to where you left off. Right, right. Very cool. Yeah, you know this. Um, like I say, I used to use this a lot um, in in my role as an escalation engineer. And certain classes of problems, this is just ideal for, like race conditions, mm -hmm. like um, or you know, oh, we've got a you know bad value that got written to memory here. Well, I can't see how that got there, but I can go set a break on access to that memory mm -hmm. location. Yeah, you know, I know where it's corrupted and where we crashed. So now I can go, okay, well, who last wrote to that memory and run backwards and see, okay, here's all the people that touched this memory address. And it's just real easy. You can see some other thread jump in yep. there and corrupt your memory, things like that. So for those kinds of things, which are like using regular debugging can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you'll be stepping through a function and it's like memory looks good, memory looks good, memory looks good, memory's bad, what happened? Well, now I can run backwards, set a, break on access to that and just find out who corrupted it. Yep. Right. Correct. I mean, the nice thing about this, as we mentioned, is that it's low impact to customers. So when they have a problem that only the customers can encounter due to a whole host of situations we can't easily reproduce, yeah. then it makes it so much easier to run this trace. Yeah. We can get it back. We can look at it and have a complete understanding with minimum impact to the customer. I'm not asking them to run like a whole bunch of crazy commands they probably don't understand. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking them to do a whole bunch of setup configure and give me remote access to the machine. It's just simply run a trace, get us the file, let us take a look at the complete problem. Right. Now, one question that we always get from customers when we ask them to take these traces is what's the uh, perf impact? Uh, you know, of, of doing this tracing? Is it going to make my app run, you know, how much slower? So there is, anytime you're going to trace full memory and yeah. all the locals and an execution, there's an impact to it. Clearly. As you can imagine, we continue to work on performance and we will yeah. uh, see performance gains over time, but at yeah. least for the first iteration, there is a noticeable hit to performance. But right. the nice thing is you're just looking for specific problems. You're right. not letting this run like for two weeks long or something. <laughs> You'd have a terabyte yes. of trace files. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's it's definitely a targeted thing. It's yep. a little, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big hammer, but but it's a super powerful hammer, right? And it's uh, awesome for debugging those those tough issues. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so we're really excited. We got a chance to come talk to you. Basically, how do you get this? All you need to do is download the new um, Windows Debug preview that's in the store. Mm -hmm. um, coming soon to a theater near you. It's going <laughs> to now have uh, time travel debugging too. That is super cool. Like I said, I never saw, thought this would see the light of day. Like that, we'd make this available to. Our customers, um, it's it's great, good stuff, awesome. Well, thanks for uh, coming on and showing us, you guys. Mm -hmm. And thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. If you have questions or comments, put them in the show notes below or email us at defragtools at microsoft.com. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye now. <laughs>